Welcome back, my brothers and sisters. And I'm so thankful that we have another opportunity to talk about things that we find in the Bible and things that will help each other grow as Christians. Join me today and we talk about a response that if a spouse has an affair, how we deal with that as Christians. Join me in a prayer real quick and we'll get into this word. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and your love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're always with us. We know that situations ain't always uh, the way they should be in our lives. And we always have to work on things, Lord. And we want to work on our relationship with you as well as that with our spouse. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. And we lift you up and we give you the praise and the honor and the glory forever. Amen. Now join me today and we'll talk about this lesson and and remember to share this with others and let them know that uh, we have a word out there that may strengthen them or uh, let them know what's going on what should we be our response of a christian whose spouse has had an affair well the answer is really uh it's special Infidelity creates a very difficult and painful situation, one that involves all the emotions. And for a Christian, it can really stretch your faith to the point of breaking. The best thing to do is to turn off all of our worries, turn them over to God, for He cares for us, and we see that in 1 Peter 5 and 7. If you have been wronged, go to God for comfort, wisdom, direction on every basis. God can help us through the deepest of any trial. Now we do need to point out that adultery is always wrong. But God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoralities. And we see that example in Hebrews 13 and 4. The injured parties should rest in the truth that God is the avenger. The wrong individual does not need to fret over getting even. God will do a much better job at avenging us. When we are betrayed, we need to commit the pain to the one who knows every detail and will deal with that detail very appropriately. We need to pray, seek the Lord for the wisdom, the healing, and the guidance. Pray for yourself. Pray for the offended or the offender. And pray for everyone else that is involved. It doesn't just hurt one person. It hurts a lot. Pray for the Lord to direct your thoughts, words, actions, and decisions. Be honest. A betrayed spouse is going to suffer the effects of a real deep hurt. It is appropriate to engage in anger and hurt because of this infidelity. Expressing these emotions to God can be our first step of true healing. Giving our emotions and our needs over to God will allow Him to minister to our hearts so we can begin to let go of that offense. Godly counsel from a Christian counselor or a pastor is very helpful. Need to be willing to forgive. We are to forgive others as we have been forgiven. Ephesians 4 and 32 We should be willing and ready to extend forgiveness to everyone, including a spouse that has had the affair, who comes to us in repentance, 
confessing his sins. True forgiveness may be accomplished for some time, but the willingness to forgive is should always be present. To harbor bitterness is sin, and will, will negativity affect every actions. Be wise. We must consider the possibility that the unfaithful spouse does not repent of his or her sins. Are we to forgive the person who does not confess their sins and remain unrepentant? Part of the answer is to remember what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. We are not asked to forget the experience, but to deal with it and then move forward. Forgiveness is not the elimination of the consequences. Sin has natural consequences, and even those who are forgiven may still suffer as a result of their past choices. Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched or burned? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. Proverbs 6, 28 and 29. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It is a commitment to, a, to pardon the offender. It is a transaction made between the offended and the offender. Feelings may or may not accompany forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a private secret act in within one's heart. Forgiveness involves at least two people. That's why confession and repentance are required. Forgiveness is not the automatic restoration of truth or trust. It is wrong to think that the forgiving of an unfaithful spouse today means everything is back to normal tomorrow. The scripture gives us many reasons to distrust those who have proven themselves untrustworthy. Luke 16, 10-12 Rebuilding trust can only begin after the process of reconciliation involving true forgiveness, which of course involves confession and repentance. Also, importantly, forgiveness offered is not the same as forgiveness received. The attitude of forgiveness, being willing to forgive, is different from the actual transaction of forgiveness. We must not short-circuit the process of confession and repentance and rebuilding the trust. Forgiveness may be offered by the wrong spouse, but to be complete, it requires that the one that had the affair acknowledge his or her need for forgiveness and receives it, bringing reconciliation to the relationship. Be forgiven. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of our unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1 and 9. When a marriage is in crisis... Both parties should ask God to seek help and see them through how they may have contributed to the whole of the situation and be, rele- be released from the weight of the guilt before God. From that point on, there will be a freedom to seek counseling and guidance. His Holy Spirit will enable them to do what they could not do on their own. But we can do all things through Him who strengthens us. 
Philippians 4 and 13. As God leads, true forgiveness and reconciliation are possible. No matter how long it takes, every effort must be made to forgive and reconciliation. As to whether to stay or to leave, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. And we see that in Matthew 19 and 9. While the innocent party may have grounds for divorce, God's preference is forgiveness and reconciliation. In summary, when we as Christians have a spouse that has an affair, the wrong party must guard against bitterness and be careful not to repay evil for evil. We should be willing to forgive and generally want reconciliation. At the same time, we should not extend forgiveness to the unrepented. In all things, we must seek the Lord and find our wholeness and healing that can be found in Him. Now, anybody that's going through this or has gone through this knows how tough this situation is. How easy the devil wants to make you give up and give in on the failed relationship. But every relationship, we have to work on it. We have to be willing to invest in it. If you're not working on a marriage, then it's already failing. Today, you need to work on your marriage. You need to love the person that you, somebody that God has given you the love for and the care for and, and the one that you want to be with. Remember that God wants you to be together. God will give you that love and, and to care for that person like you care for yourself. All right, well, thank you for today's lesson. Uh, next week, we're going to get into something uh, a lot different. So uh, let's do a closing prayer, and then uh, I'll see you next time. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this word. Those that are going through this, Lord, give them the strength, Lord, that they can always turn to you and hold strongly to your hand, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, and we give you the honor for everything that you do. In your blessed holy name, amen.